Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Is it the East Coast or the West Coast? Oh wow, that was a loud pour. East, east side, West side. <laughs> it's that tall. It's that tall, skinny bottle there. West is best. There you West go. West is the best shore. Hey, nice pour. Thank you. It was an Albarino today. Nice, nice pour. So, hey everybody, welcome to the winemakers. I'm John Myers. See you with Bart Hansen. Brian Casey, Sam Katuri. Everybody's up. having fun today, man. We're another atmospheric river. So wait a minute. We have to acknowledge one thing. Here. Okay. This is episode 101. 101. 101. Because we failed to acknowledge episode 100. 100. We didn't have John here to keep count for to keep us on. And we had Elaine. You were partying. Uh, we had Hawk Waka Waka. We were too busy talking to Bet. Uh, soap one nine hundred and soap your soap and one nine hundred psychics to uh, that was a good show. We I actually really liked that show. It was a good. That show. was a good show. Yeah, we, I feel like um, we just barely scratched the surface of that she, conversation. She's fun to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she had a good time too. You know, uh, not your typical wine podcast, which uh, I think is feedback we've gotten before. Um, so I think she, she'll be back. She'll be back as soon as she can. I know she's um, public with. This I don't mind saying that she's dealing with these health things and trying to figure out what's going on. So we we're grateful that she was able to give us as much time as she was. Yeah, she's speaking on Wednesday at the IQ Symposium in um, uh, Saint Helena this you, week. You going? I I don't know yet. Okay. Um, I'm trying to figure out if there's anything really relevant to. Well, what it sounds I'm like an interesting about. deal. Yeah, it, there's a bunch of different speeches and some tastings and. Um, so I might, I might. Go. It's a wine um, TED talk for wine. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's always a little bit of a, a pitch from the sales groups and stuff. But there, um, there's some uh, tastings to do on um, fire tainted, how they filtered some fire tainted mm, wines. Interesting. There's, um, there's a tasting of the Pinot. What was it? Pinot Bertanomyces infected uh, Pinot. Oh, the intentionally Brett wine. Yep. That Esther Mobley wrote about. Yep. Yep. That's mm-hmm. going to be there to taste and. Um, but yeah, um, Elaine is um, is a, uh, the moderator for one of the panels. Look. Wait, someone someone intentionally did that because because they wanted to see what kind of flavors came out of it. Basically, yeah, yeah, it was it was intentionally inoculating with Britannomyces, which I guess is that it's used in beer making, right? Yeah, in sour beer is sours exactly are, right. are yeah. used Brett, um, and I believe. And this is where, you know, not the thing that you should say to in an article, but she did, um, that she didn't make it in her cellar because just having Brett in the air... Yeah, it's going to contaminate contaminate things. So she actually made it, like, in the basement of her house in Napa, um, this experiment, you know, experimenting with, uh, you know, inoculating with something that, again, you know, is... A fault. It's a taint. It's you know. It's something that I mean, you, you have, have in your wine. It's you know. You're gonna get marked down. It's it's not. You're not supposed to have it. You have to be careful of that stuff. At, at one point, when I was at Kenwood, we had um, Jeff McBride, who was the assistant winemaker at the time. He was teaching a class at the JC, and he had bought the chemical compound for uh, corked to make corked right, wines. TCA, and he was. He was intentionally um, adding it to some wines to help people identify what corkiness is, TCA. 
and the um, in the refrigerator in the lab, which is where we kept all our beer, all the beers were corked. They all had the really? smell oh, of no. cork when, when you would crack them, <laughs> when you'd put your nose to it. And it was something that was just on the surface of the can because when you poured it into the poured it into a glass, oh, you didn't taste it. Right, right, right. But it was so prevalent on the top of the can, you couldn't get away from Probably it. Probably any kind of water on the top of the can would right. just kind of let it... Well, it was it was that same Esther Mobley article where they talked about the you know what I'm calling the the baby carrot generation. Right. That right. basically every you know little plastic baggie full of carrots is TCA. So at TCA, you know, it's interesting when you think about these things because Britannomyces is a yeast used to make a popular, I guess, in some people like sour beer, uh, popular um, <laughs> segment of the beer industry. It's you know it's what you use and and. TCA isn't just, you know, cork taint isn't just about a cork and a bottle of wine. It's this compound and, you know, this bacterial sort of reaction that um, can happen in all kinds of things and yeah. lives on the, you know, if that refrigerator is still at Kenwood, which probably isn't. It's still um, there. It's probably still <laughs> got it in there. Yeah, yeah, you know? probably does. Be careful what you bring in. Yeah, look, I mean, well, you know. Yeah, that's my point. Um, we even have it in your house. That's kind of playing with fire because... I mean, you go and back and forth to work. Yeah, home, absolutely. No, it's like know you know, you got to put on your your Hazmat. clean room outfit. Yeah. You know, like you're in a giant X-Files. pod garden or something. Yeah. I've heard. <laughs> well, yeah, you've I heard. Mean, I've heard. I've heard somebody. Yeah. Uh, before we get any further, I, I do. There's a. Um, uh, uh, Vinyl Sunday this weekend, I was talking to members, local folks um, who were commuting to the city together for a couple weeks. And they, um, I guess, he listens to the podcast a lot. She caught up while they were driving and they realized that they couldn't listen to it on the way to work anymore because they got to work at you know nine in the morning in San Francisco after commuting through and they and they wanted to drink wine. So the disclaimer <laughs> I think we need to add is um, please listen to the podcast in your car only on your drive home <laughs> for the you know, sake of productivity in America uh, or at least in our listener group. Uh, unless well, you're a psalm. Unless you're a psalm, in which case... Drink at uh, work anyway. anyway. Actually, the, the second email I got this week was about somebody who... From a guy who works at Ridge, John Musto is a podcast listener who was like, I was listening to it on the way to work. I was like, I I, I guess you can do that because you work at a winery. Well, he's a professional. He's a professional. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, it's just so nice when you can have, you know, you turn on your Bluetooth now in in the car. It's just there. It's perfect. Well, it's, it's talk radio that, you know, the conversation doesn't keep going when you're out of the car. You can pause and then get back into the car and keep going. So I'm, that's where I, Listen to uh, lately. I've just been listening to sports talk warriors, but well, yeah. cheers on that 101, 101, uh, 101 episodes. episodes. That's really a, yeah. it's a very cool thing. Wow. And uh, so, and we're just right at about 70,000 downloads, right? For the whole thing, it's, it's amazing. We are talking to some interesting 65,000 of them are Bart's mom, and there's 5,000 <laughs> of them. <really>. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're getting interesting. Uh, feedback and we have been it's increasing in fact you know now we talk about uh, i know we're going to get to it on the air at some point uh but talking about uh glyphosate right and it's a big it's a big issue everywhere it is we got an email today from a listener kyle and we haven't quite listened to the podcast yet but it sounds like kyle's point is is that um the data well, okay. I don't think we deter- I don't think we really determined that. You're right, we didn't. Right. But but he wants he wants to see us, I think, talking about more true data as right. opposed to just what our feelings are. 
Right. Um, but I think we've all kind of figured out what our feelings are. <laughs> and so, I don't think damn any, the data. <laughs> I don't think anybody has the real data. I mean, it's being argued in every court in the land. Right. Well, you know? I mean, the what's coming at from these um, legal decisions, you know, those two billion dollar court, you know, court ruling a couple weeks ago. Um, it's that you know Monsanto and and the producers of these products um, had the science and they knew that things these things were causing cancer and sold them anyway, knowing you know that they were going to make a bunch of money and deal with the lawsuits later. I mean that's kind of it's and not we're the at crime; point. it's the cover up. And and you know whether you feel one way or the other about it, um, as we move towards you know these giant legal settlements and and counties and cities starting to to ban it, it's clear that that's the direction that it's going. Um, and let's you know my feeling is get on the the right side of history with it and, and stop using it. Also, you know, frankly, when it comes to Vin, you know, there's lots of, we, we could debate the merits one or the other, but when it comes to vineyards, um, you're where you spray glyphosate is literally on the same, on the roots, on the same soil of where you're growing the vines. It's like what your, you know, your money maker is. So sure. It's maybe saves money, um, on the front end and your farming costs, but you know, drive through um, you know Carneros, drive through Napa Valley on the Valley floor, and you see these places where they're replacing the vines every 25, 30 years, and there's this whole new you know there's a, you know concern that we're kind of getting past, but this young vine decline, these things that you're like, well, maybe we should stop spraying plant killer on the plants on that plants, are yeah. our <laughs> money maker here. I, you know, it's like. Uh, so you know, whatever the data is, it's an herbicide, and you're spraying it on plants um, that ultimately you want to live. You know, that can live for a hundred plus years. Look at you know Monterosa. Look at Oakville Ranch. You know, or, or you know Rossi Ranch and Bedrock Old Hill. Um, these places that um, are farmed right, and those vines can can last forever. Or you look at, you know, drive again, drive through Carneros, and there isn't a vine out there over 10 years old. Yeah, I mean, although Pagani is, is farmed Pagani's, right. Farm and, so is, and so is Monterosa. Yeah. Um, right. That's what I was asking. But, what are they using up there, Monterosa? Uh, they're, they're, they're using, some sort, using of some sort of herbicide. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't... Uh, if you want to, it costs $40 from the, uh, the county. You can whole record for every property uh, and everything is public i mean that's the, at the end of the day you know you can't hide from this because everything that you put out there whether it's organic or not you have to report uh, but was monterosso always farm like that or that's just a recent thing since the gallo takeover no it's no. been you know it's been farmed like that since uh, every advantage you know mechanical or chemicals as far back as they go i mean you're also looking at a place where farming costs are high um, you know, doing things on top of the mountain is more expensive than doing things on the valley floor. So, yes. you know, from a financial standpoint, um, the, the survival of a place like that is trying, you know, or especially, you know, now less so because it's a known entity. But, you know, the past 80 years it exists because you can find a way to make the margins work. Yeah. You know? yeah and, and, you know, I mean, there are instance in incidences where vineyards that were being farmed organically have gone back to conventional farming. Right. You know, Kenwood had a couple hundred acres that's all been turned back 
to there's conventional. There's one on the road up here. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, um, so that's going to happen, and those are done for financial reasons. They're not done because someone wants to, you know, just put Roundup in the ground. They want to make money to keep their vineyard. Well, oh, absolutely. Nobody's out there just to poison. Right. Yeah. Right. So I on mean, the no, other no, wait, wait, except Monsanto. <laughs> well, well, not, <laughs> not, and now bear. There's going to be like black helicopters that are going to come like descend on <laughs> they're, 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 they're there here. to make money. And, <laughs> and, yeah. What and they'll bad, say all the good we do in the world by creating these super crops that well, are going to feed bee, all these people. But. Right now, bear is having trouble with killing bees over in Europe. And they did not need um, this big, uh, you know, what's everything that's going on with glyphosate. They just paid $63 billion for something, and now they're being taken to task for everything about it. Is it just me, or when did billion become so common? Like, it, it used to be when you talked or, about millions. Orange is the new black, and billion is the new million? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, because now it's zillion. Now we're going to have to right. say... Oh, no, I guess trillion comes before... Z- is there even a zillion? I don't know. I, but, I'm, but trillion is going to be the new thing. One, then we'll start calling... Oh, yeah, that guy's a trillionaire. Well, I just... Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Casual. <you know. laughs> Casual Jeff, trillion. Jeff Bezos. All right. Now his ex-wife is going to be the trillionaire first, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, Bart. It is getting a little I crazy. I want half, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Sam, before you got here, we are having a little discussion about all the rain that we've had. I think we've got to be close to um, five inches for this past week and a half or so. Breaking records for the month of May. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a month where we're supposed to get any, let right. alone, you know, sustained for like what it's been a week, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it has been a week. Yeah. It started raining last Tuesday because it started, uh, no, Tuesday didn't rain. Tuesday didn't rain. Wednesday it started raining. Right. On your bike ride. On my bike ride, yeah. yeah. And it rained on us. Um, and, and I haven't had a chance to get out. I know there's some stuff going through Bloom. Um, can you give us any? Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, uh, uh, this was also signature Sonoma Valley weekend, which, you know, there's a lot of public, but really what it is is a chance in large part, one of the few chances that all these wine growers and winemakers in Sonoma are in the same room. And, you know, Saturday night at Vianza, it was supposed to be a Durrell Vineyard in the under the moonrise. Instead, we were in a big hall watching it rain outside. And pretty much everybody was a talk was, you know, do you have anything in bloom? You know, has has a look at there, and and you know, people who are growing Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, especially in like the Carneros, Russian River, are are <laughs> there was nervous laughter. Um, I think people were freaked out. There was a lot of stuff blooming, um, and this is you know, it was pretty much the perfect storm of um, rain and wind, and um, you know, there was even the H word happened a couple of times, right, right. and. Uh, you know, there's definitely, you know, 2019 Sonoma Chardonnays will probably be coming in way low uh, as far as yield goes. As When it comes to quality and, and rain like this, I don't think it matters what variety you're growing. Um, there's concerns because what you're looking at is um, going from really wet soils to... You know, the next couple of weeks when the sun comes out and we're getting close to, you know, we're within a month of the summer solstice, um, things are going to start heating up and you know, there's a lot of sunlight to push growth and we're going to have big growth, uh, big berries, um, big potential for mold and mildew. Um, so right. it's, it's definitely shaping up. And plus, you know, coming into the gate late as we did anyway, coming out of the gate late with, you know, the late rain and sort of a cold winter. Um, 
2019 is definitely shaping up to be challenging out there. What do you need right now to avoid the um, mildew? <laughs> Uh, just sun. 70, 78, no fog and gentle breeze for two and a half months. Can you dial that in, John? Yeah, I can, I on that board over that. there, is yeah, there a like ask? Maybe we can text <laughs> Ed. Is there that. like a button we can press? There's a lot of little knobs we can twist to see if we can dial that in. Now it's, um, uh, you know, this is this is. I mean, the biggest concern yeah. right now would have to be for. Some of the earlier varieties, the the thin skinned varieties, you know, Chardonnay being early, Pinot being thin skinned, Zinfandel and Sauvignon Blanc being thin skinned, and all kind of earlier. A lot of the Rhone varieties and and Cabernet and Bordeaux varieties probably not as subject right. to it, um, at least not here yeah. in Sonoma County. Right. Um, I'm sure there's any other issues in the foothills and um, Contra, you know, Costa Contra Costa and, yeah, and stuff. I'm sure, they were way out out there. Yeah, in Lodi. Um, yeah, think of what they're going through. But, of course, their I mean, soils don't hold any water either, so um, it probably dries out a lot quicker here. Mm, I mean, yeah. you know, Carneros is, is, again, going back to the perfect storm with those clay soils that are, you know, just going to hold Sponges. on to water. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, this is it's shaping up to be, um, you know, could be what they call a, a winemaker's vintage where, you know, going to take extra work to get to really high quality wines i know I, I call those farmers vintages this is a year where the quality of farming the attention to detail that you can pay the amount of you know boots on the ground that you can put into vineyards um are going to pay dividends beyond you know a regular year where you know it's going to take a little bit more fine-tuning to get across the finish line to you know the levels of quality that that we're looking for is this the wettest year we've had in decades i mean you remember uh, anything that's in certainly the wettest year we've had in the last seven or eight uh you know you figure you kind of look at like 2011 20, 2009 being pretty wet years um before that what like 2005 2005 well yeah uh, 2005 you uh, said 2011 yeah 2011 yeah. 2011 was the last like really yeah uh, and you know 98 this was, um yeah 98 this was something that actually we talked to, talked about um was also kind of the talk of the room in in at the signature dinner the legends dinner um was some of those 2011s, 2011 was largely sort of discarded uh, by the critics and by, you know, the press and whatever. Um, you know, they were talking about a 2011 Laurel Glen. I was pouring our 2011 Omaja Galais. Those wines that were able to make it across the finish line in 2011 um, and maybe weren't beautiful or, you know, uh, blowing people away upon release with a little age on them. Are starting to get really interesting. So you know, if if the summer kind of shapes up and holds kind of to this weird pattern that we're on, it could be a year like that where the you know good producers, good vineyard sites um, create really interesting, cool climate examples of of Sonoma Valley wines that um, you know have a age worthiness to them and, and really develop into something interesting uh, eight ten years from now. We just need all the Grape growers to stay out of the newspapers saying it's been a terrible year. Yeah. Then, you know, keep the media at bay, so to speak. I, I, I actually, I got a, uh, 
Facebook or like a uh, no Twitter message from a reporter um, wanted me to talk about smoke taint wines, and I politely ignored it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a reality; it's there, but um, you know, we don't need it to be the focus. There's great wines in 2017, 2018, despite you know um, fires in California, and and there's going to be bad wines from these years too. Um, you take a great year, and I can you can find a bad example. And you take a bad year, and you oh, can find course, good wines. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of you know getting away from the the easy the, the cheap and easy narrative. Right? Well, that smoke taint. You know, you were talking about it. They're going to talk about it at this. <laughs> Here we go. You got him started. Yeah. This event. You know, well, that's it, you're talking about it in in Napa this week coming up, right? It's yeah. Well, they're doing us that one of the tastings is um, there's a company called Wine Secrets. Um, and they do some um, ultra filtration where they can take the wines apart and take out the things they want to take out and put them back together. And they're going to have some tastings for um, you know the winemakers and the people in the business to taste. And so it should be really interesting. It know? sounds like a small sample, though. I mean, overall, you know, Lake County was pretty heavily affected, right? Well, that was the year after. Okay, so that they. Well, had here's the, the interesting thing about it all, you know. When the fires, our fires hit in 2017, um, there was really limited options of what to do with, you know, the wines that were, you know, affected by the smoke and the fire. And in the last, you know, less than two years, um, Wine Secrets, there's another couple of companies that I've heard of um, that are coming out with what they say are effective ways of of mitigating, you know, the smoke damage. Um, We sent a sample of one of our wines that we were holding on to um, to one of these places. And, um, you know, it comes back and it, it's not what it was. And there was still evidence of the smoke. So that's you know, another thing that we're, we're not going to put out of 2017. Uh, but, you know, from from disaster and necessity, you know, drives this invention. So I, I think the interesting thing would be to see, you know, Maybe it's not the technology that's coming right now, but the work that's going into, you know, fixing these wines and <laughs> the the amount of uh, samples they've had to play with um, because of all of the, you know, the fires, uh, it's pushing the industry. It's pushing the innovation and the technology side. So, yeah, you know, a lot it's of coming. That, a lot of that technology is coming out of Australia because... They've had mm, these right. um, problems year in and year out, or you know, every other year or something. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it's it, it is what it is. Like, that's why they call it farming, right? Because every yeah. year it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Newsflash: yeah. This year's wine will taste different than last year's wine. <laughs> At least it should. <laughs> <laughs> At least it should. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm expecting heat, man. I don't know for some reason I just feel like the heat's going to come on this year. Well, you know, when I was a kid, I, you'd always think that a, a wet winter meant a hot summer. Yeah. Um, but you know, who knows? Extremes, extremes, yeah. But yeah, it, the sun is <laughs> it's trying, it's bound to come out of here any any moment. Yeah, um, it was out, it was out this morning five minutes ago. Sucker, yeah, it's yeah. been a week of sucker holes, I think. Is what it <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys want to talk about this last weekend? What was so Bart and I got to hang out? Oh, on that's right, Friday. Yeah, you wore, a, you wore a tie and everything for that. I wore a tie to match Bart's label, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I gotta go look back at that. You it did have that. Okay, I'm gonna go look at that. I think that's here. why you took the picture of it because I actually matched. I was trying to what match. You were in a tie and like a vest. What was Bart wearing? A uh, dress. <laughs> um, no, I had. Um, did you have shorts on or pants? No, I had pants okay. on. I had clothes. To Eric Bradley shoes was on. wearing pants. Eric Bradley was wearing yeah. two nights in a row because right. he was wearing. Yeah. Eric yeah. wasn't wearing a, a vest. You know? he was. I think he was wearing a vest on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty sure. laughs> um, yeah, we did Signature Sonoma, the um, the icon tasting on Friday night. Um, it was real nice. I, I guess, you know, we were in the uh, room that was full of the, all the people for, that made Moon Mountain District wines. Moon? Um, uh, very, very good room. Some great wines yeah. back there. But unfortunately, I think just in the way it's laid out, we didn't see very many people, mm. you know, the, in the big room where the majority of the, the room, the space was, was, um, you know, Carneros. So it was a lot of Pinot and Chard. And, right. you know, that's always going to be probably number one, I guess. Well, that's where you got, um, you know, to start in those kinds of places. You right, start with the lighter right. and you work your way up. Right? Um, and then, um, and so the, I don't think we saw as many people as were there, which was kind of a bummer, but well, we had a good time. We got around and... Well, we were right next to Corbin, people. which yeah. was cool. Cause was Corbin actually there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I see Corbin's like hanging out at Shake Ridge. He's, <laughs> he's working in Napa. He's like everywhere but so, at Moon Ridge. He's so, so Corbin, the, I hope you're listening. Get back to Moon Ridge. I'll hang out. Here's the funny thing <laughs> is he told me that he was running late as it was. And as he was driving to Ramsgate, he missed the turn for Ramsgate. And then he made it all the way down to 37. He realized he was at the raceway and was like, and he what raced the at the fuck? raceway. And then <laughs> no. he had to get on 37 and go, go to, to Lakeville, Lakeville uh, and then turn around and come and back then, in the in traffic. traffic. <laughs> so he literally came in like as we were starting to pour. As we know, were drinking his wines so, that were already set right. up. So he, he didn't get there in time to be in the photograph. Let's just <laughs> no, you know what? The photograph wasn't. It was. I was looking for you. I couldn't really. Uh, you know, we we're in the back. We're yeah, in the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there wasn't. It was a lot of people. Yeah. But you had a, a good pour. People. We had a good time. Um, yeah, we had a good time. We had a good time. Well, we had Eric Bradley in our room, and and he would, had a little bit of Shenan juice that he's going to turn into a sparkling. Yeah. Uh, for pan for Pangloss or yep. Champenois style. Yep. Cool. Monterosa was in there, so Brene was in there pouring. Yep. The um, martini. This, this whole, I mean, this whole week was a lot about. I mean, it was the vineyard focus. Brene got just desserts. I mean, she got a lot of, yeah, you know, a lot of spotlight. Right. We're, I, I think we're gonna get here, get her here soon. Yeah. We talked. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to her a long time ago, and she's like, "Well, let me talk to the Gallo folks." And then I talked to her uh, during Signature Sonoma, and she's like, two weeks from now, I'm good." Yeah. Do I need to send a qu list of questions to Gallo? Because we don't really do that. No, like, we don't. I'll just go. <laughs> right. I just okay. my my. You have to write questions down beforehand for one thing. <laughs> Right, exactly. That means we'd have to think them out. I don't know how I'm going to be feeling that day. Right. <laughs> yeah, Were you ever a 1-900 psychic? Oh, my God. Well, I got a question for you guys. I heard uh, about a new tasting room going in, in the old, across from 103. So it would be in the old Index Tribune building? Uh, What's going well, in there? So this is, um, forgetting the name of the family, um, they're, they have Napa property. They have Mendocino property. Oh. I don't think they have Sonoma property. So there's contentiousness. They, I think they import wine. And they, they're a big importing family. And they're not actually opening a tasting room. They're opening a restaurant. It's like a cafe and a 
like sandwich shop, two stories. Yeah. Uh, they've been working on it for, mm, you know, a Sonoma half decade. Um, it's been a couple of years at least. So we'll see what, you know, when they actually get to open the doors on it. It's, you know, another one of these dealing with all the levels of permit and regulations that go into opening a food establishment in Sonoma County. I'm sure that... Uh, and there's been a little bit of a controversy that I've heard because there are... There's no parking spaces that go along with that piece of property. Uh, right. It's probably. literally no parking everywhere in front right. of it. And yeah. so there are, others, there are other places in town on the square or just off the square that they can't have food served there because they don't have parking places. Right. But these guys have somehow figured out a way around that. And I See, don't I think really it's know not, at I, all. I don't but. know if they're putting a... I mean, I must... Are they putting a kitchen in? It, it's been one of those things where, like, it's been mostly just paper in the windows for two or three years and not a lot of talk about... Well, what, that building was trashed. I mean, the whole thing was termite-ridden. And they yeah, re- well, and rebuilt like, everything from inside. When you make a two-story establishment and, you know, you're putting in some way of handicap access to the second floor. And, I mean, there's there's a lot of work that goes into these things. And especially if you put it in a kitchen, um, have mercy on those trying to build a kitchen in downtown Sonoma, commercial kitchen. It's... Um, you know, it's extensive the 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 improvements and the work you have to do. So, you know, it's one of those deals that it's taken them a while. Why is it so brutal here? What the hell is going on? <laughs> um, who's listening? How can right. I say? Uh, I might oh, have plans. I don't know. What all... I... <laughs> um, I did get an email from the person listing, not to totally change the subject, but an email for the offering of Steve Law's old tasting room because um, he is grandfather claused in. But I thought once. It, they close. You can can't open new ones without a permit. I thought that's the whole like twenty five. Who it, knows? Well, it said that it was grandfather claused in, and I want to say it was three thousand dollars a month. That's not that's, that bad. That doesn't sound cheap enough. I mean, expensive enough. No, it doesn't sound expensive enough. But I mean, people are talking because it's pretty big. The last I heard, the kind of going rate for a tasting room space on the plaza is like six dollars a square foot. You're talking about a thousand square feet facility, you know, tasting room, you have $6,000 a month rent before you even turn the lights on. That's right. Um, and that's not a big place. No. I mean, so either way, why is it difficult to get things built and done in Sonoma? Um, the political answer is um, people are, there's there's high standards um, to what you're, what you do. You can't, you know, it's, it's about doing it really, really right and going through all the levels of approval, some of them governmental, some of them non-governmental. Um, and, well, that's a good response. Sam. And yeah. there's, you know, frankly, there's not a ton of people in the city or county offices to go over all of these permit applications and, and you know, as they see changes, they need to make them. Um, and you, you throw in the fire piece of it and there's, you know, 10,000 new houses to rebuild in Sonoma County that definitely has clogged, you know, kind of log jammed the system. Um, the flip side is um, in Sonoma, there's a whole lot of resistance to change. And um, what happens is when you throw up a lot of resistance to change, the only people who make it through are the ones with tons of funding and end up with, you know, a 
cafe with no parking and not selling Sonoma wine on the plaza. So, you know, you try and find the Just balance. The best of both worlds are. Hey, man. <laughs> uh, oh, nice. And that's, and that's <laughs> you know, sure, trying to do things right is important. Um, but, you know, the perfect often being the enemy of the good um, and, you know, choking out really cool things i mean look you know the perseverance uh, that garrett and nicole showed to open west burgers and that's not even in city limits speaking um, of which it's awful damn good awful damn good and well, last night i'm good i went there the other day and i didn't buy a burger I, it's like after work going to buy meat to take home you get a burger for a snack before dinner maybe uh but i resisted <laughs> uh even like you know one patty no bun uh, i still resisted and i bought um Two of the most beautiful flank stanks from Stemple Creek Ranch. Yeah. And last night I sliced them up and made like a, a vegetable, like a beef vegetable stir fry with it. And, I, you know, this is the the key to West Burgers. You know, Garrett and Nicole put a lot of love into it and, and good sourcing. But the key is it's the, the best beef around. Um, so this is a reminder to myself Um <laughs> to get a hold of Lauren and right. book a podcast with him. Um, I enjoyed, I Creek, enjoyed uh, the meal last night. So it was, yeah, we no good. Good time. meat makes things go well, a long way. And our our electricity went off at like God six thirty or something. We we're just going to cook dinner. That's it's it. Let's just go pick something let's up. Go, let's at, go, at, let's at go get a burger. So it, was, it turned out really good. Actually, Garrett it just texted me. <laughs> um, he is in. Um, He's in the Guadalupe Valley in in Baja, yeah. uh, visiting wineries right now. You yeah. sent me these pictures. It just looks awesome down there, and you know maybe a little the, bit of glyphosate in the Valley de Guadalupe. Valley de Guadalupe. Yeah. Well, he's having fun. He's having fun checking it out. You know, being a wine tourist, good for him. Uh, deserves it. He works his butt off. But you know, what do you do when you live in Sonoma? You go. Uh, visit wine country in Mexico, I guess. I don't know. Uh, good for him. Yeah. Good so, for him. Sam, were, you opened um, a bottle of 2016 Muchas Piedras. Muchas Piedras. Uh, field blend. Yes. Um, it's, oh, here it's we go. A whole 25 cases. I, so one, <laughs> one barrel. One barrel. Wait, and so this so has got to be Grenache, Mauved, and a little bit of Syrah? Alicante. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the That's one that... not traditional. This is not traditional. This is... Uh, the the California version of a <laughs> field blend. Huh. Um, Moon Mountain District. This is the vineyard that is um, neighbors my my parents' property, sixteen six hundred Norbaum Road. Uh, this is sixteen nine hundred Norbaum Road. Uh, for those of you who want to plug it into Google, um, steep, terraced, rocky. Um, planted a couple different clones of Grenache. Um, I think on the record, it's about 2 or 3% Mavedra. I think there might be a little bit more vine-wise out there. Um, and like 50 vines of Alicante. Uh, and this is the... This is the first year? First year. First year, 2016, 2017. Um, this vineyard was literally surrounded on all sides by the fire. I watched it you know, burn around it. Um, that was the week we were supposed to pick it. Picked it two weeks later. Um, I don't think you could put all the technology in the world at it, and it, you wouldn't have gotten rid of that. Um, so no 17, um, 2018, I think we have about 50 cases of it that we're looking at. Um, so it's, it's, uh, this, is, this is my baby. This is the one that you know we 
the the property sold. There was a really decrepit Zinfandel vineyard on there with you know bad rootstock, bad vineyard infrastructure, bad irrigation. The new owners wanted uh, a productive vineyard, but you know aren't in the wine industry. Um, so we leased the vineyard, replanted, rebuilt the vineyard, redid the irrigation system, uh, and planted it to what we want, which is head trained wooden stakes. Um, and mostly Grenache overlooking the bay. It's, and it's, so it's a beautiful pr- piece of property. This is, you know, like this is the spot Stunning. where yeah. it's, you know, 70% of me and nothing but Curry's Instagram posts are coming from here. It's, um, you know, when Best I take cover people, crops too. I love the height of the cover. Yeah. Crops the height of the cover crops that are like, you know, somewhere in there is a vineyard. I promise. Right. Um, <laughs> and you know, when you come and, you know, call me well in advance and, and we, um, set up going up the hill to do a tasting, um, this is the first place I stop because you stand there, you, you look out onto the you know the Sonoma Valley and then the bay. There's always a breeze. There's these two beautiful insectary gardens. There's the owl boxes. There's sort of the modern, you know, VSP planting, you know, uh, trellis below it. And then there's this vineyard above it. Um, you know, this is and it's in the Moon Mountain District. It's you know, this is what it's all about as far as, you know, what we do a 16600 goes. And it's beautiful. Thank you. And Sam, what were you doing on Saturday night? So Saturday night, uh, first of all, mad props to the folks at Sonoma Valley Vintners and Growers for uh, pulling off this event in the middle of a rainstorm. They'd, you know, moved it from April to May to try and get it out and of the rain. How and did Beyonce not have a have an event booked already? <laughs> I, I, it was it was a lucky thing. So yeah. props to Beyonce for you know helping make this all happen last minute. Uh, so this was the Legends Dinner, um, the sort of culmination capstone event is what somebody said. I liked that word. Kind of reminded me of college. Um, capstone course. Um, and it was... So this is the this is the third year of this of this whole event, and you know the first couple of years it was about winemakers and and wineries at this Legends event. You'd taste old wine from you know or like important bottles to Joel Peterson, Richard Arrowwood, which was which was cool. Um, it had a, a little bit of sort of mutual appreciation society feel to it. Um, so this year, a little bit. I was at bit. that first. I was it being, totally was. I was being political. Um, <laughs> well, I thought that was the idea, actually. Yeah, and, know, and that was a little bit of the are. idea for no, sure. It was. It um, was. But and this kind of tied into the whole weekend. Um, this was all about the vineyards and and sort of the the linchpin of this whole thing, and this includes you know the icon dinner and all the. Um, you know, all the different panel tastings throughout the week. Big bottle party. Uh, the big bottle party. It, it was about the vineyard sites and these maps that, that Antonio Galoni and, and Alessandro Massignati, the <coughs> sort of master map maker, have done of Sonoma Valley. So um, every there was there was 12 vineyards represented at the Legends Dinner. Um, I was at the Rossi Ranch table. Um, there was the trying to let me see if I can remember them all. Um, so that's one Rossi Ranch, Cayman, Moon Mountain, uh, Hansel, Laurel Glen. How many is that? Five Montecito, Montecito, Monterosa, Durrell, San Giacomo, San Giacomo, Rhine Farm. Did I say Bedrock yet? No, nope. nope. Bedrock and Pagani. Yeah, nice. Yes, I pass. Um, and there was, you know, multiple producers all with different wines 
from these vineyards. So at our table, there was you know some old Rossi Ranch made by the Topolos label, which I don't know. Does that still, Michael Topolos? Does he still no, have a label? He doesn't anymore. Um, and then there was Carlisle, uh, and then there was sixteen six hundred. You know, Cayman is just Cayman. Um, right, gun bun is just gun, gun bun. bun. Well, there was it was Ryan Farm, so there was some scribe at that table also. Oh, um, right. oh that's a. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was the the really interesting one was the Pagani Ranch. These like old ridge um, versions of Pagani Ranch. That was pretty cool. Is Cook um, still managing that? I would. I would. I believe so. The sign. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, um, the, the one I thought was the most interesting, or one of the most interesting that I saw, was the castle. Oh the, yeah, the Castle Cabernet from the Durrell Ranch. Yeah, from the Durrell Ranch, and which probably doesn't have any Cabernet left. It doesn't anymore. It's because yeah. uh, you used to be able to see it from here. It oh, was, that up was up on up the on top, the right? That makes sense. Um, and Kenwood, they planted that originally for Kenwood, and then Kenwood got out of it, and Castle got right. it, and now I think it's back to Pinot. Back to Pinot. Well, the interesting thing, we actually, as I drove out there, because uh, Vianza, you know, if you if you know Sonoma Valley, you basically can't get into Sonoma Valley without passing Vianza. But if you don't know Sonoma Valley, Vianza is like right after Ramscape, but one of the sort of first places that you hit coming into Sonoma Valley. Technically, it's probably, you know, Ramsgate's almost not even in Sonoma Valley. Um, but as you like go over the hill into where like the watershed is Vianza, um, so you pass where the castle winery used to be. Right there, and uh, you know the at the Big Bend. Right. Um, so I we talked about it. it I don't a, know this one. Tell me. This was this was long time ago. But doesn't it have a sign that says Ravenswood? So no, 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 no. That's, that's that's further up. That's actually okay. past beyond. So that's the Ravenswood. Well, former. That's the quarry, Ravenswood. Isn't it? That's the quarry. quarry okay. You know, m- m- giant giant winery production facility. This is like where the gas station is there. Okay. Going back, the, uh, yeah, Annaba just built a well, beautiful no, new no, winery. No. So, wait a minute. So that was never actually a production facility for a castle. That, that, was, was, a, that was always uh, just a tasting, tasting room. room for castle. Uh, back when nobody's like, why tasting rooms? What yeah. would you do that for? To sell wine to distribution. That's how you make money in the industry. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's where that's that was actually the castle tasting room. And then the Annaba people bought that okay. from Vic. Uh, um, that as in Vic McWilliams, as in Vic McWilliams, uh, yes. So he had Castle because he lived on Castle Road, right? I think he still lives on Castle and he Road. He still probably does, yeah. yeah. And and I think that's where he actually made the wine when he first started at his house. Was at his house. Why and, um, are those properties more beautiful than their wine is? Whoa! What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> who, who this is I just the like. Who is the get Wait, who, the no, get our I'm tires not. slashed on the plaza no, episode of episode one hundred and one? <laughs> we're taking the gloves off. Fuck everybody. Yeah. Who who <laughs> exactly John Myers are you personally uh, yeah, expressing you can, your opinion you about? Give my address. It's who are you? Talking about? My address is Agloom, not my address. My dad's address is on the label. <laughs> you gotta be careful yeah. who I offend. You know. <laughs> no, it's just interesting. Some of those places that, you are know, better known for their facilities than they are their wine. No, I don't. I don't know if that's fair, John. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> you know I can, I can Annaba, say it's fair in, in one very specific one. To, I, and what I'll is that? Out. Um, it has to has to do with a. Uh, um, What's wrong, John? The cat got Oh, okay. So here's a beautiful place, and they have fabulous events, and it's really quite nice. And I well, don't, I, I, you know, I, what I, I would say is that there's a bunch of different sectors of the market, and maybe they're not necessarily looking to hit 
uh, someone who is a Bordeaux no, they, lover. They uh, wanna they wanna have events. Yeah, and That's do all. and do value oriented wines or do Italian varietals or do I mean whatever the case may be, but um yeah. I mean I don't think anyone really goes out with the intention of making um my goal is to make mediocre Pinot Noir. Right, but have a sell it for too much money. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. But to have a fabulous facility. <laughs> I mean, but um, it happens. Well, I mean, but see, really. But the, the problem is, is that you, you know, remember, you live in the Mecca, and so you get to taste all this stuff. There are people that come visit Sonoma Valley who don't get to taste these wines, and what they get in the middle of Iowa. You know, is made down in. Shout out to Iowa. I got right. some, I got some customers in Iowa. Um, Love you guys. Is is I mean, they don't get the wines that we have out here. So to them, you know, going to Jacuzzi might be something really special, and they might really like the I've, wines. I've been to Jacuzzi and Vianza on days where it's just fucking packed, and I had to like wait to amazing. buy a bottle of yes. you know whatever. And they and and, and boy, they do and, some business, and don't they, they? And they yeah. they double up. They do. Their own pastas, oils, vinegars, yeah. fruit compotes. Uh, I mean, whatever it is, it's they're... the full experiential deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, and but I'd rather is, start if if there's anything that you know wine. in a hundred and one episodes, um, it's the vineyards and the farming, and you know they're and you know maybe this is one of the things that we the legends dinner really drove home is they're you know. Just like in Burgundy, just like in Bordeaux, just like in the Rhone Valley, just like in Spain, just anywhere, just like in Napa, there are vineyard sites that are, no matter what you do, going to be better than others. And it doesn't matter, in some cases, you know, it doesn't matter how good or bad the farming is. You know, you can farm a, a great vineyard with mediocre levels of, you know, attention to detail and whatever, but because the vineyard site is amazing, the wines are always going to be good. And not everybody, you know, has a great vineyard site. And in those cases, the farming has to be even better to get you over the hump. And and then you start to look at the economics and, you know, what you can actually sell those wines for. Um, you know, this is why, look, I will stand, you know, on a corner and say everybody should stop spraying Roundup on their vineyards. And I have a sign. I'll be one of those guys with the sign that flips around and spins and dances. Um, I would never do that and say everybody has to be organic. Because there's some places where economically the the advantages of it aren't ever going to get you to the point where you have to be. Um, so None of those places are having any economic problems whatsoever. Oh, fair enough. I mean, well, you know, they look you, like they're busy and they are packed. Yeah, it doesn't mean that um, mean their margins are any money. any bigger than anybody else's. Um, you know, this is uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, we have a, a luxury product. You know, we sell bottles of wine. You know, I sell bottles of wine from between like 30s and 100 plus. You know, there's bottles of wine that you can buy in both valleys over $200. Um, those places still are operating on thin margins. It's farming. It's, you know, it's farming where it's not like you grow some lettuce, you pick it, you sell it. It's you grow grapes. You spend a lot of money to build the vineyard, to grow the grapes. And then you wait three years before you can even sell it. So, um, you know, the, uh, you know. Yeah, you know what? It's I, farming. But, it's but I love thin I margin kind of, agriculture. I kind of like hearing stuff like that because I I used to love working in a taste room when someone would come in and say, I'd say, oh, you got to try the Taylor Mountain uh, Zinfandel. Oh, I don't like Zinfandel. 
oh, you motherfucker. So I'm like, <laughs> so I like when people have hard opinions on stuff because it gives you the opportunity to change their mind, which is kind of cool. So I think for for a jacuzzi, I'm gonna I am gonna find a wine from jacuzzi and I'm gonna pour it blind for you one day and you're not gonna know what it is and you're gonna go, this is fucking great and I'm gonna say it's <laughs> jacuzzi, bitch. <laughs> there you go, and I, I'd be you happy. Know, to shout do out to that. the clients who no, made cool. at I, least I, Randy's I, listening. I don't know and report back who's getting their tires. We used to have a really good. Who isn't? We had I think the black helicopter circling closer, John. <laughs> We had a good guest that used to, that works at Jacuzzi that, that I used to take care of with the girl in the fig, and, and um, um, he would always bring wines in. I think they did in Arnest that I really liked. I mean, where else are you going to get that in, in California? But, um, but I, you know, it's funny that some wineries will, you know, maybe they're just not suited to your particular um, palate, but they, so, they do so many different things. Um, I'm going to find something good, and you're going to... Also, if the, if anyone at Jacuzzi have is listening I ever, out there, have I ever not enjoyed um, a glass of wine you poured? So uh, maybe once, maybe okay. Well, well I should say, but I guess to the point. The point is, John, is just that you know, the wines that Jacuzzi make, there's nothing wrong with them. They just don't hit your style of wine that you like. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I'll give you that. I won't. I won't say it's fair. I let's mean, say I, this. I, I, if I, th- I said, John, let's I go to Jacuzzi or um, Stone Edge today. I, I think that. <laughs> well, uh, how I, much money you got in your pocket? First of all, <laughs> I'm sure I could find hundreds of people who would agree with my taste profile on this. It's just it seems yeah. like it is Sunshine. there for a different reason. I, I happen to, you know, I'm 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 questioning it. That's well, a, and this people you know, like to have they like to go to these places and have big weddings and big parties. And listen, like there's that. no doubt that That's places great, are. You know? Places have been built for those sort of things. You know, the castle. And they're stunning. Um, up in... Castello da Marosa. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was built, you know, to... I mean, anywhere with a tram. Shout out to my, our friends at Benziger. Right. But anywhere with a tram, anywhere with, you know... It's the the gimmicks to a bring gondola. people in. A gondola. Right. You know, you, you have to... You also have to remember the, the stakes are high, and the competition's fierce, and... Um, you know, not everybody gets to um, just trade on having a superlative vineyard or... Well, and, you know. and we know for a fact that the wine tasting experience has changed and people are here, they're almost here less for the wine and more for the um, the experience, right. you know, and, and that's why people are doing vineyard tours and old military vehicles and absolutely you know, all, all Shout those out to our things. Friends at yeah. I'm just trying to, um, you know, uh, look, I'm trying not to get my tires slashed at the farmer's market tonight. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I oh, it I might don't happen see that there was anything there that was brutal at all. I mean, I, no. I, I think that they, they have a, a, a model. They're doing it a little different than some of the other people that we talked to. Uh, but I just don't see that the wine is their strong suit. Let's tie this back to you know where we started <laughs> with this conversation, which was you know there are um, there are agreed upon flaws in wine, TCA, uh, Britannomyces, volatile acidity, ethyl acetate, things that are a failure in the farming or the winery to make true you know good wine. Then there's stylistic differences. And you know the the resources that go into making really great wine, and the resources that go into um, you know making wine that you can sell at a certain price point are totally different. Um, and you know, there's 
and maybe that's why any of this matters is you know there is something out there at every price point for every palate, and right. that's what like was is great about wine. I mean, you know, there isn't an IPA that everybody wants to drink, or for every, you know, there isn't a people who are like, well, I don't like IPA. Well, try this one. No, you don't like it. You know, well, I don't like Pinot Noir. Well, try this one. Oh, there is one that fits my my palate profile. Uh, you know, and if if we all made the same stuff, nobody would be here. And you know, whatever you got on the shelf at the supermarket would be fine because that would be just like all the same, all the rest. So I mean, that's the the beauty is, especially in Sonoma Valley, you can do so many different things, and you can do it at all these different levels of style of, and yeah. yeah, style, price, varietal, whatever. And then you know you got to remember that the winemaker um, or the marketing department um, has an idea of what the style is that they want, and um, you know they have then they have to take the grapes that they get or um, or hopefully have sourced from the right place and then produce that product. And you know that's just another layer to it. Yeah, you know it was funny um, last night I had some other regular guests that were in, and and it was their twenty fourth anniversary, something like that. And um, normally we pour. Um, you know, if someone's just coming in off the street or they check into the hotel, we pour Gloria Ferrer um, Blanc de Noir, which I've said many times, my wife's go-to um, sparkling wine. And had some people in last night, I, I, I said, oh, it's just kind of a, you know, they're a regular guest, so I'll pour them the, the Shrami, the Schramsberg Rosé, and, and um, poured it for her, and she, she was telling me a story. Yeah, we went to this place for, um, for Mother's Day, and, and all they had was Gloria Ferrer Blanc de Noir, and I said, why don't you just vomit in my mouth? And I was like, what? She said, I fucking hate Pardon that stuff. Me? And I said, see, that just goes to show. You got my wife who, who just absolutely loves it. Buys it by the case. And then someone who just thinks that it's, it tastes like vomit. I mean, that's a crazy swing. Yeah, I didn't go that far. No. <laughs> no. But if anyone, uh, if anyone listening out there works at Jacuzzi and would like to drop a few samples off at Sam's Tasting House, uh, <laughs> they, they, because I'm not giving out my address, you're, you're in the public eye. 697 Cherry Lane. Let them drop it off. Well, all hate mail, please direct us. Okay, please do not throw the bottle through the window. Leave it on the doorstep. <laughs> So attached so, to a brick. So to, to kind of wrap up Signature Sonoma, um, Sam, I'm curious, what do you think that they're going to do? I mean, I'm curious what they'll do next year. They pulled the majority of the iconic vineyards for the right. first year. Right. And I mean, they went they went for the home run the first year. I just wonder how they're going to back it up next year. Only terrible vineyards next year. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I don't know. No, but you look, know what I mean? I, I, yeah, just, no, I do know what you mean. Um, and, I, and, and, and I'm sure they'll come up with something great. It was just very interesting how... Um, well, and Galoni won't be doing maps again, right? Well, yes and no. I mean, or I think that, that a... the... the um, for me, the personal highlight was sitting next to Alessandro at the, at the dinner and, ta- you know, through, you know, language barriers and, you know, his English is way better than my non-existent Italian. But, um, you know, I think that from their standpoint, they've they've just started to scratch the surface of uh, both the historical and sort of diverse um, range of what's going on in Sonoma. The map that they have right now, which is you know it's not finished, although um, you know there's a version of it at my tasting room that I'm not giving back unless they peel it from my cold <laughs> dead hands. Um, 
Pride? Is that how I say Pride for my gold head? Um, so you're talking 700 vineyards and like 7,500 acres of vineyard in Sonoma Valley that have been mapped. And, you know, they want to keep digging in to the interesting spots, those places of both, you know, historical or quality or, you know, some sort of, you know, noteworthiness right. and then break it down and map those individual vineyards. So, you know, I think that this, and then they're, you know, frankly, Antonio and, and Alessandro are going to go as far with this as, as they can. Um, and we're going to get Antonio to talk about the map probably as it's more ready for public debut. Um, and and they're going to keep digging and, and keep finding more interesting things. So what I, I did do, what see the one next photo. Year? Right. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hopefully I you do something cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, I sent out a save the date already. Another with that damn picture of me from like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. But what's cool is we have, we have what, like 43 different varietals growing in Sonoma County. So you actually, I was just thinking about this. You could do like an Italian Rhone, Bordeaux, Burgundy, kind of break. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. were at Ramsgate and have the different rooms be right. all the different varietals and then the things, but everything coming from Sonoma would be kind of fun. Right. So Maureen, if you're out there. When you listen. I, I Please invite me. As you recover, <laughs> as you wring out all of your shoes and clothes. From my my questions were only the, to see if Maureen was listening yeah. or not. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, um, I think that um, a focus on the vineyards is is where you know continue focus on the vineyards is where this should go, and, yeah. I, and that's um, to me what made it stand out from any of these other things that I've ever been to, Signature Sonoma or not, right. um, was talking about these sites and and in a way that um, you know everybody talks about wanting to do a Bordeaux style or Burgundy style or Rhone style. Um, when you look at the old world, it's not about the style, it's about the sites, it's about the places, and it's about um, recognizing these vineyards as as standout. Um, and really, we're just, we're just starting to scratch that surface. Um, and this goes for Sonoma, this goes for Napa, this goes for America. We're just starting to scratch the surface of knowing what, what these sites are about and which ones are truly, you know... Grand crew, and which ones are premier crew, and which ones are you know village, village, yeah, and right. and you know as <laughs> Brian, you're probably the the poster boy of this. Is there's great wine to drink at all of those levels coming out of you know out of Europe, and the same you know same can be said in in California. It's just we're we're a thousand years behind right. in in identifying these sites. I, one of the maps that I did see through social media was the comparison. I think it was at Monterosa. Oh, of, wasn't that cool? Of the what was planted in the seventies, the seventies yeah. compared to what has been changed over right. to. Right now, it's, you know, a lot. How did more, that change? Well, there was a lot more white varieties up there then, and now it's yeah. almost completely all, red, with the exception of the old vine semi. Yeah, I all think cabin. Well, and and it, and it also sort of consolidated into Cabernet and Zinfandel. Right. You know. Right. Uh, there's. Although they did plant Grenache, they've been planting Grenache up there for the last couple of years, pulling out Merlot and planting Grenache, hmm. fist in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a place like that um, is really sort of a litmus to the industry at large, right? That yeah. Been and I mean, and even you can look at Montecillo because Montecillo was originally planted with Cabernet, Chenin Blanc, and Gewürztraminer. Right. And that was changed in the 80s to Cabins Inn. Cabins so. Inn. 
Um, but you know, it was those were not sites for Gewurz, Demeter, and Shannon. Where was it that they just pulled out all the the Chardonnay? That was so, Chardonnay. so. That was what is called upper. What used to be called Upper Beltane. Okay. Um, and then I don't know who owned it, but previously, I mean, in between the Beltane and the current owners, the current owners is um, Kistler. Okay. So it was Kistler that decided to pull, pull the, the Chardonnay. Chardonnay, and um, I think they're planting. I'm sure they're planting Cabernet. Right. So really, yeah. Well, okay. That seems right now, odd. Because it's Kistler? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean maybe it's not maybe it's not for Kistler, but it's I think it's Bill Price who owns the majority of Kistler now, so right. he can plant it to anything he wants. And just sell it to right to else. you know, one of his other labels. But um can we talk about the wines we got on the table today? Yeah, absolutely. So just to kind of celebrate 101, I brought the 83 mag of Sonoma Couture Chardonnay, which is definitely oxidized. It looks like a rosé. It's all okay. Um, it actually was pretty damn good. Yeah. and, and uh, went very good with the, um, the, with the blue cheese. blue steamed <laughs> yeah. cheese. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Bart and I were talking about what year we graduated from high school, and of course Sam was talking about what year he was born. Yeah. And John was talking about how he was running a $100 million company and having five martini lunches. Right. In 83. Right. <laughs> but it was a good year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we had a, uh, we the, like, Bart pulled, uh, pull, pulled a couple Avarinos from what we have decided is <laughs> southwest Spain. Right. Southwest within, Spain. Within sight of the Atlantic Ocean. Right. Okay. Which makes it the west coast of Spain. Or the south. Or the south, the southwest coast of Spain. Right. And these are bottle barn pickups? Where'd you get these? These were bottle yeah. barn pickups, yep. Both yep. very Shout good. I love those barn, are yeah. solid wines. And then uh, Sam, your this red blend's really good. Yeah, well this was uh it I was is. running out the door. Actually ironically, I almost grabbed a bottle of uh Schramsberg Blanc de Noir to pop so we could do something to celebrate. But then I was like, Oh, I actually just opened this for hopefully new listeners, uh, Emily and Phil. Um, who I gave them our our little cards to. Um, they loved Moon Mountain District, so I you know I only have I have less than ten cases of this left. Uh, but I opened it because they're Moon Mountain District heads, and um, I don't know too many other Moon Mountain District grown blends. I know Cayman does a Grenache, and and Repris does a a, a Melange Rouge, a, a red Rhone blend. So not a lot of them out there. Um, and I know Randy Feldman, or Source and Sink, is going to listen to this and be pissed that I didn't bring it when he was here because I told him I would. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this you know muchas piedras. It's many rocks. This is this is you know my little my little two acre baby. So uh, uh, how did those guys do at Source and Sink? Do you know for their initial I, I, offering? Sounds like uh, the the winemakers bump is real. They they got they have some people who listened on the podcast and and ordered wine. I know they um, you know their whole deal is they they really want. Um, to sell it into the market too, and you know, distribute in in back in Illinois and a couple other those states where they're where they're at. So, um, you know, they they shut it off. I know they didn't sell out on everything, but they shut it off so they would have some wine to sell into the restaurants, um, which is you know, uh, brave um, business plan in in twenty nineteen. Um, but also as a way to, you know, get recognition. People see wine in restaurants and, and then go and buy it later on. So, um, and actually I believe their Carignan, uh, is now at the fig or the cafe. Should be. Um, yep. and 
uh, you know, they're and Randy's heading to Chicago in a couple of weeks to to sell the rest of it to all his homies back in Chi Town. So, nice. um, yeah, there. Randy he came to Vinyl Sunday, Vinyl Sunday in the rain. Yeah, Vinyl Sunday Tent City. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was soggy but but fun. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I was sitting in the rain at a swim. Is that a swim meet in the rain? Oh, man, yeah. those are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Dane was complaining he was wet. I said, yeah, but you get you're, in supposed the water, be, man. you're supposed to be wet. I'm wet, and I'm... we got to sit here all day and dry you off run. and then try, try and dry your towels in between meets and feed you. And I would yeah. have much rather been a vinyl Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> wet there, too. Yeah, right. It's all but okay. Mike the Baker was serving pizza at vinyl Sunday and not the swim meet, right? Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and there was wine. Well, there was probably... You probably had... No, uh, no, no, Maybe no. in the car, no? No, no. no not quite. Um, <laughs> no glass out at the pool. Oh, right. Got to be drinking <laughs> out of the cans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, Brian, this is uh, the part of the show where we always say, hey, Brian, what else is going on? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I, I was I was hoping we'd get a shout-out to Garrett, and we did, over Gosh, there at West, West yeah, Burgers. Yeah. You guys should go check them out Toyota on, Burger. Uh, on uh, Highway 12. Ranch beef. It's the real deal. It's yeah. really easy when you go, and somebody waits, and somebody runs in. Yes, that is. it's just, like, perfect. Yeah, parking is, as in anywhere in Cal Sonoma, parking can be a challenge. Yeah. Uh, but that is a good way to do it, is to probably. run somebody in and do a lap and then pick them back up. Done that a couple times. Yeah. So shout out to Garrett. What else? Uh, rose day. There's a bunch of rose days coming up. The Fig's doing a rose day. Oh, Sonoma's right, Best right, right. is doing a rose day. Yeah. Uh, Sixteen six hundred rose is released. Come hang out and drink some. Rose All of them. Us. Which ones? Uh, I still haven't. <laughs> I got to get the label on the Combi Rose. Okay. That'll be I, I think uh, June fourteenth. Uh, it'll be available. Put or that down. I will be sleeping with the fishes. So <laughs> say, June 14th is coming quick. Sam. Yes, it is. Thank you, Bart. With that, <laughs> we go back to work. <laughs> all right, you're out of here. Well, yeah, hey, well, that's I'm all okay. Kidding, so. I'm not that dedicated. Oh. Hey, um, <laughs> make it to the end of the Definitely thing. want to say to uh, Bart, um, congratulations on your bike ride. Oh, yeah. Thank you, you very you much. You did such Thanks. a kick ass job. Yep. You raised over six thousand yeah, dollars i correct? raised over six thousand dollars the charity is getting very close to its uh 2.2 million dollar goal so uh for this is for incredibly the, for this one ride for this one ride yeah. really yeah, really great so um they're they're leaving donations open until like june 14th I hint, think. hint hint yeah. there's still <laughs> exactly. time to donate if you haven't um yet. Although winemakers uh, podcast listeners were like came in big on winemakers that, huh? podcast listeners came in huge they really did and um, so that was very very cool and um, yeah I was um, because of the weather we were about eighty miles short of the three hundred um, so I did two hundred and twenty miles in the three days um, but I slacker I did I did <laughs> I did twenty five miles over the weekend so I'm by the end of the week I'll hit my three hundred miles. Um, uh, at least I got to that, but it, it was a very cool experience. Um, I'm looking forward to are it your, next are year. Your bi- are your bike shoes still wet? You know what? My bike shoes are finally um, dry. Okay. Um, but I mean, we were soaked. We had a tree came down um, in the middle of the course out on um, Green Valley Road. Um, so that uh, that slowed You're everybody in the middle down of a little it, bit. Um, there was a landslide um, that some people had to deal with on Chalk Hill Road. Um, and then there, I guess there was an earthquake somewhere along the three days. Seriously? Also. Really? Yeah. 
Um, we thought there was an earthquake the other day with that thunder. The full California oh, you experience. Know, and maybe that's what it was. But but the, I think the, one of the, the best things about it was the very first day we came into the lunch spot, and um, it was at Soda Rock, Soda Canyon Winery, Soda Canyon Winery in Alexander Valley. And um, you walk up to get uh, where they have the lunch stuff, and it was Girl in the Fig sandwiches and Girl in the Fig crisp chocolate chip cookies. Wow. And Sandra had uh, somehow had gotten in and donated that. And it was, <laughs> I mean, they were like Monoformante uh, meats. And oh, nice. It was outstanding, outstanding. So Very shout nice. out to Sandra for um, not only donating towards my uh, my donation, but to that also. So well, cool. congratulations, Bart. Thanks. That was really a cool thing you did. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Fun. And I oh. lost a few pounds too, so that's was also. <laughs> I forgot. I want to get a shout out to a guy who was in for dinner the other night, and when I told him, he brought in the. We give people a, a free bottle of wine in their room. It's like, a, I think it used to be like Kenwood. It used to be Kenwood. It used to be Kenwood, and then we switched to something else. I can't remember the name of it. But, I mean, it's not an expensive wine. But he brought it down, and I told him it was going to be thirty-five dollars for corkage. He, <laughs> he called me a thief and a criminal. <laughs> Ouch! And he was dead serious. He, you are a thief and a criminal. <laughs> but he was laughing when he said it. No, not no, at all. No, it wasn't no, laughing no, at all. Okay. It was not funny at all. I I just found it funny because you know obviously I don't because go you home took with the, the free bottle of wine from your hotel room. Well, that's what I thought it's was not funny. Like he was, it was an inexpensive was, hotel room, right? <laughs> probably comped by his credit card company. It was it's, <laughs> right, or like you know his convention, yeah. And and then complained. He, there was probably a, there is a corkscrew in the room, right? He could have opened his own damn bottle of wine. If he would have brought it in open, and I would have thought that he was just drinking it in the lobby, I wouldn't have said anything. But if I have to open the bottle, I have to charge you $35 yeah. unless you do a one-for-one. But uh, Them's the rules, man. Anyone out there that comes to wine country, you know, when you go to restaurants, we're happy to have you bring wine in, but you are going to pay a corkage fee or a one-for-one, which is the best deal. Because some people have figured that out. They'll find the cheapest bottle of wine on the wine list, and then we do a one-for-one. So we waive corkage on the one. bottle you bring in. So bring in a really nice bottle, order a cheap bottle. And then you're basically you're paying, you know, the same amount. <laughs> you're basically but paying you the same amount. You're getting a little more wine. I don't know. Well, but I mean that is something a lot of people don't know, and not every restaurant does it. But a lot of times your corkage will be um, waived if you buy a bottle of wine. And, um, you and know, the great thing about this day is you can always take it home. Right. And then the other thing to remember—you don't is, even have to open it. You can order that bottle, drink the one that you brought, and then bring the the one that you bought. Take that home with you. Go drink it later. Or turn it into a Christmas gift. Or or for, uh, you know, whatever. No, no, don't come to Sante with your stuff. The the thing that we'll (laughs) we'll do a lot is, you know, I mean, A, you know, charging corkage to people on the wines they made doesn't happen a lot in Sonoma anyway. But if you bring in a bottle to a restaurant, you bring in a bottle of, you know, old Chateauneuf de Pop, for instance, you buy a bottle of white wine to start your dinner and open the red and let that breathe. And then by the time you're done with the white wine and the salads, it's time to drink Every, the bottle you brought. Everybody's happy. And yeah. Everybody's happy. And the servers are happy and the restaurant's happy and, and you're happy. And, you know, you avoided uh, that thief and that what, thief and liar. Thief and a criminal. Criminal. Ouch. Criminal. Brian <laughs> yeah. Criminal Casey. Had he offered you a glass or a taste of that um, bottle of wine, would you have... 
still um charged him corkage. Charged him corkage. Yes. Yes, because you would have what? said, no, thank you, sir. I could <laughs> go back to housekeeping and get a case right now if I wanted to. Perhaps John Myers would appreciate this. <laughs> <laughs> Is it from Jacuzzi, perhaps? <laughs> You're not going to let me forget that, are you? Well, I'm hoping they're going to send a case. Here's what I would I, recommend. I, if I, if hope, I was running I Jacuzzi, here's what I would do. I would send a case of mixed red to, what's the address? 697 Cherry Lane. Cherry Lane. Remember, it's not Cherry Street. It's Cherry, Cherry Lane. Lane. So make sure that, that guy on Cherry Street doesn't get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Cherry Lane. Also, it doesn't get too many and podcasts. Next thing you know, uh, you're going to get every yes. week, John's going to be like, man, I had this great Montepulciano. Now, yes. wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> huh? There you go. <laughs> so Plant the seed, John. I like it. I like it. Plant all seeds. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. Next uh, final Sunday is Sam? June 30th. That's all I got to say. Perfect. Red, white, and rosé. Uh, you know it's going to be. Oh, red, white, and rosé. Jesus Christ. Fourth Ooh, of July. July right around the corner, man. Boom. Man. And that, that's about when I leave. Dude. No, that's right. So, yep. Right around the 4th of July. So, All right. Well, hey, what a great show, man. Thank you so much, um, everybody. Good working with you guys. 101. 101. 101, I, baby. I probably made it to like 60 or 70 of those, right? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> we made it to a few more, <laughs> couple. But I don't know that I thought we would get here. No, I went back and um, listened to the first episode. How was that? Um, oh, you have to go back. And it's, listen. We've come it's, a long it's way. Funny, we, yeah. Actually, it's funny. Okay. I think the, uh, the first one is pretty good. The, I think it was more like number three through about eight where it got. You yeah. know. Well, so new listeners, go back to one, skip to ten, and then go from there. Ninety great episodes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, cheers. And uh, we're out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Myers. We are the winemakers. Thank you, Sam Katuri, Bart Hanson, Brian Casey. Talk to you guys Criminal next week. Thief. You got Criminal it. Criminal and thief. All right. Take care. <laughs>